All right, and we're live here with APS Radio. This uh, month's guest is Dr. Donnie Hutchinson, an old friend of mine. And uh, Dr. Donnie is all about work-life balance. And uh, with that being said, how, how did you even get involved in this world, Dr. Donnie? Oh, gosh, how much time do you have there, Jimmy? I, I'm, I'm off for a few days, so yeah. <laughs> we're good. You know what? I've always lived a uh, balanced life, and I really mean that. It, it actually started when um, I had my first career job at uh, Xerox Corporation and here in the beautiful city of Dayton, Ohio. And uh, I was on this sales team, and this is, it's sort of funny how it all evolved, but uh, I was on a sales team. And after the day's work, we would uh, go meet up at uh, that little place called Newcombs in the Oregon district that I know you're somewhat familiar with. <laughs> and uh, you know what, though, it was uh, it took it's probably about two weeks in and uh, I was single at the time and all of that. So it was like, you know, I worked out in the morning, worked all day, then uh would head down to Newcombs with a bunch of other guys and stuff like that. And, and after about two weeks of this, I'll never forget. I'm sitting at a you know, table with some guys drinking a beer and I look over and it's a guy's, you know, guys like your age, you know, a couple guys. And I go, Hey, aren't you married? You know? And they're like, yeah, we're married. And I'm like, well, don't you have like kids at home, you know, about this big or so. And they're like, yeah, yeah. We have kids at home. And I go, well, you're out here three or four nights of, you know, three or four nights every week with us. Um, is your wife okay with that? And they were both like, oh yeah, she's fine. You know, well, we know how that story generally ends. Uh, it wasn't fine. And, but I remember look, I remember thinking of them and I was like, you know what, when it comes, <clears throat> when it comes to working, cause I was a new, you know, first time in a career, and I was like, you know what? There's things in my life I need to balance. And I thought it just fell into place. It was like, I have faith, family, career, and my health. And I thought, I just have to keep that stuff in balance because these guys, their story is not going to come out very pretty. And it didn't. You know, one of they both ended up in a divorce not too many years later. And it was sad because, you know, you get then the, the, the family breaks down. I mean, you think of the children of families and all that, you know, all kinds of different things. And, you know, sometimes divorce is, is a, uh, you can't help it, but some, you know, it's not something that you generally want to promote by, you know, going crazy all the time and things like that. But it was just one of those things where it's like, wow, faith, family, career, and health. And then one thing led to another. I just led my life that way. I, uh, I started, um, grew in my career, grew in my profession. I became VP, vice president of companies. I became president of several different companies. And I always lived my life that way. After I got married, after I had children, um, my children were small and things like that. A lot of activities, you know, just like you're, you right now have children with inactivities. And, and uh, it's like, um, I always told my, the CEOs that I worked for, I said, Hey, I, I, I will be home. You know, this is different than firefighting. Right. But I, I would, as a, as a president though, I was like, I'll be, I'm going to be home at six o'clock for dinner. And, and the CEO was okay with it because he knew I would do whatever I need to do. You know, I'll, I'll come in at four in the morning if we need to really get some work done, you know, and stuff like that. 
And, uh, but what was though, I always met my family needs. I always wanted to have that time. I always loved being a father. And, uh, and I did the same though for my management team. And then it went from my management team as I, I instructed them, now go do the same for all the staff. Make sure people can get to their kids' soccer games, their football games, their dance recitals. We need to be able to swap work, swap shifts, do what we need to do to help support family life. Also exercise, you know, eating well, all that kind of stuff. And it just sort of blossomed and, and I was very happy with everything. And then I had students over at the University of Dayton where I teach part-time and uh, they incur I said, oh, I always had this book in me and it was all about that first part of my career, faith, family, career, health, and one thing led to another. And it was ironic, Jimmy, that I was, I was given a lecture on making goals, <laughs> making goals and, and going after them, right? And I, I'll never forget these students were like, well, why aren't you going after your goal of writing a book? And they checked me on this, right? And uh, one thing led to another and boom, I was writing a book really quick after that. And you put it up there. Yes, Lead with Balance is a book I came out with uh, for the general population. And um, I'm happy to say I am uh, about two thirds finished with Lead with Balance, the fireproof edition. Uh, should be... Uh, I don't know, maybe three months out or so, but uh, catering it strictly to all the wonderful men and women that I've been working with over the past many years in the fire service um, to where it's a, it's a book for all you guys. You, you know, you, you line it up for me. It's like you do this for a living. Perfect segue there, Donnie. How did you go from, you know, the corporate life and talking about this and dealing with that there to applying this to first responders yeah that's it is a great segue on that uh, i got lucky <laughs> i really did um my book came out lead with balance 2016 um there's a number one bestseller on amazon and a guy named matt vinci he is the director of education for your iaff uh, down in dc he read the book and he contacted me on LinkedIn, scheduled a phone call with me, him and, and Amy Eno. They, I mean, just wonderful people to work with and scheduled a phone call and said, hey, um, we're thinking of putting together a work-life balance uh, workshop for our annual ALTS you know, conference, educational conferences that we have in January. We wanted to see if you'd be interested in it. And if so, what, how would you put it together? What would your format be? What would you teach? So I just laid it out. Um, I teach a uh, three-step process. Um, I've been teaching it, developed it through uh, with some other experts and some other stuff on, on leadership change. But basically I get people to understand, hey, current reality, future future reality, what they desire. And then we build a plan to get you from point A to point B. But it's one of those things that they uh, liked what I had to say, and next thing I knew, I was uh, heading out to uh, Anaheim, California at the Disney Resort to uh, present my first workshop in front of 200 firefighters, and uh, I did that, and it just took off from there. 
I got it started getting invited to various departments and then word of mouth spread. And I've been doing that uh, annual training now for five years in a row. So it uh, just got back from it uh, two days ago, actually. I was down in uh, Disney, Orlando, Disney this time, and uh, uh, did two workshops in a day. And uh, so it, it uh, just it took off from there. And every year I learned more and more and more about the needs of firefighters, uh, the stressors, you know, the work-life conflicts, the challenges with physical health, mental health, now all the health, social health, spiritual health, family challenges, all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, workshops been evolving and uh, constantly learning, doing some research uh, in different wellness categories for it. But uh, absolutely, it's been a passion of mine and, and uh, could not uh, have a better group of people to serve than all of you guys that are firefighters out there. And so when you were down there just a couple of days ago, I saw the pictures, you ended up having even a special guest pop up and kind of take over your, uh, your presentation there for a minute. He did. General president Kelly stepped in with a whole crew and then he, he's in the back of the room and Jimmy, I I'm in the middle aisle and I was really into this, this lesson. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm going at it and going at it and really getting people and everyone's focused and all of a sudden these flashes are going off with the camera and going, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they caught me. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching without a mask on and I'm going to be in trouble, <laughs> which I was a little nervous, but then, yeah. Uh, President Kelly, uh, when I finished, you know, he was probably waiting on me about three or four minutes because, quite honestly, he had his mask on. I didn't recognize him because I was into the lesson, right? You know, I, I didn't recognize him, but I had him. He probably waited about four minutes on me. And then he comes down, walks, and he goes, Hey, Doc Donnie, you know, I'm President Ed Kelly. He goes, I was wanting to see if I could, and he's got, you know, he's got his accent, which is fantastic. And uh, he, um, he, he probably thinks we have an accent. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I thought for a second, I go, is that Frank Lieb? I go, because <laughs> <laughs> he had the mask on. I couldn't tell. I could only hear his accent. And uh, um, one thing led to, he goes, okay, hey, could I have a few minutes? And I'll tell you, it was wonderful. Um, the, the, how everyone I mean, they, they loved it. You know, after they left, after he left, he said, people just said, wow, what a treat, you know, for him to get up and talk about the importance of focusing and prioritizing your family, prioritizing your health. Um, and he's like, you know, this is a job, your firefighters, your union leaders, but this is a job and you have families and you have your health. And those are really, really important things out there. That's and that's you know what? First of all, two things, I guess. Number one, the fact that the general president of 324,000 firefighters across the US and Canada is putting this stamp of approval saying this is important is a big deal. But I also think the second thing is it's of significance because the people that are in that room are generally the ones that are gone a lot. I mean, they're the ones that they work their shift. And then they do their union stuff on top of that. And here they are 
in Florida now away from their family. Like they, I think oftentimes struggle with their, with their work-life balance. I mean, the, our occupation in general, we know has a, a incre- increased, you know, rate of divorce. Mm-hmm. And I think it's even higher with those who serve in the union and take on these extra roles because they're gone even more. And they put, they end up putting others all the time before themselves and their families. And that backfires on them ultimately a lot of the times. Yes, it does. It does. I'll tell you, I had a real treat besides uh, President Kelly popping in. Um, I had, uh, well, one of, one of your friends from up in Euclid, Bill, Matt, I always, you know, Tell me his last name, Mastriani. You got it. <laughs> I always butcher Bill's name up. I think this was the sixth class he attended of mine. Five at Alts and no, more than six, probably because he hired me for the Ohio Association. Um, but he comes back every year. Heath Good, sitting in my class. He was an instructor there doing his peer support instructing, came to the class, sat in the class, told me he gets something out of it every single time. Um, it was such a real treat for that. And then a couple other guys um, that, yeah, it, it's nice that people come back and come back for it. But uh, it, it is, um, you're right. The pe- there are people that are hurting and, and, the, and there are, there are um, sometimes they're really, really hurting. And, and uh, you're right, you're, you are right, that the union leaders, the union representatives, they are very, very busy, extremely busy, you know, and uh, it, um, it is very challenging. And, but, to, but to get them to stop and reprioritize a little bit, basically just take a check, just take a time out and say, okay, where, where are things going in life? You know, what, how are my family relationships? How's the relationship with my spouse, my children? You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'll never forget. I was uh, doing the same presentation up at the Ohio Association up at uh, Putin Bay the other year. And I had a guy leave the classroom when I was given part of a presentation. And at first I thought I, uh, you know, really upset him or something. And uh, um, he came up to me later that night when we were having dinner. And he said, hey, he goes, I didn't mean to, uh, it sounded like I stormed out of the back of the room because the door sort of, you know, smacked closed. He goes, I didn't mean for that to happen. He goes, I was just rushing to uh, get back to the hotel because I wanted, he goes, I wanted to um, contact my son and ask him what time his football game started because you got talking about that lesson on the window of time. He goes, I realized how many football games I've missed of his and I don't want to miss another one he goes because that window's closing on me i need to be able to you know he's only going to play so many high school football games and that window closes so he goes i was checking to see what time the game started and if i could make it back in time he goes i couldn't this week but i guarantee you i you know he is saying this to me he goes i need to prioritize some of those events because they come and go you know and that's really you know it's like it is. We know that's a good thing. You know, we all have careers. We all want to do the right thing. We, we help each other. But there are these windows of time when it, whether it's our health or whether it's 
children or spouse or parents, whatever it may be, you know, we have these windows of time in our life that we need to make the most of that experience or we will look back with regret. And that's something that I truly um, like doing is try to get people to realize that, hey, you can actually, if you put a plan together, you can do a pretty good job of trying to live life with no new regrets. You know, we all live in the past sometimes and we beat ourselves up over old regrets, but how about living life with no new regrets? And, and that's been a lot, that's been very helpful and rewarding. And uh, so I've been doing that, but I also have to let you know how Bobby Halton helped me though, too, because you're talking about how I got my start. I mean, that uh, I, I took a shot no, this probably goes back a year and a half ago. I sent, I did my promo video, like a three minute video that I have um, that describes my workshop. And out of the blue, I just thought, well, let me start at the top. I'm going to email Bobby Halton and ask him if he'd give me some feedback on it. <laughs> he responded immediately. He goes, man, this is really interesting. Give me a call sometime. So I picked up the phone and called him. You know, we talked probably for an hour. Uh, it seemed like I made an immediate friend. And then he introduced me to a bunch of his buddies. And then one thing led to another. You know, he invited me to write an it's, article for fire engineering. And it's funny you say that because I brought props, you know, this is December issue of 2021 of yeah. fire engineering. And inside there, you've got your article, the balancing work and life through the windows of time. And then you'll also be, you know, actually, an instructor coming up here shortly at FDIC. Absolutely. Yes. And I also have, he's looking for his my, props. It's out of my reach um, is the December issue print edition. I have an article in fire engineering. Well, that's what I just showed. December of 21. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you didn't see it very well, but yeah, there it is. Oh, okay. I thought you were pulling out the first article I did in 20. No. yeah yeah so i had one then and then yeah i get that one and yeah fdic that was quite quite a treat an honor to um to be presenting there in april um really look forward to that and uh gonna give them my best you you mentioned a few things though uh, before we even got into the the illustrious bobby holden um kind of nod there um you said the word prioritizing and i think when it comes down to it, that's probably the single biggest word when it comes to all this stuff and then you also and i can't remember and, and forgive me if it's you or somebody else this may be something that just goes around but i know uh and it just sits with me although i can't remember who said it and it was simply your kids are never going to tell you dad I, i'm glad you worked all those hours right so, and I can't, again, I can't give, I can't remember if that's you or somebody else, but no, that that's was a, not, what was not me, but I completely subscribe to it. I agree with that. Um, I will tell you though, someone that, uh, uh, chief Andy Starnes, he said it, he told me his story and, uh, he said, my wife told me, Andy, you are a fantastic provider, but you are a terrible husband and father because all you do is work. 
that was his slap in the face when he made his changes years ago. And that's when he realized that, wow, yeah, we can provide, but if we miss all these moments in, in life, what do we really have? You know? What's the point of 25, 30-year career? Um, and then you have nobody there to enjoy it with when it's done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it, yeah, you can just imagine. I mean, think you could have all the money in the world, right? You could buy a, if you want a mountain home, you have that beach house, whatever it is you want. But if you don't have your family or any close people there, right, with you, are you going to be happy? Yeah. Or if you don't have your health, physical, mental, any, you know, are you going to be happy? That's why it's, that's why the balance is really, it's, a, it's, it's truly about balancing, you know, all these different roles in our life and, you know, our physical health, our mental health, social health, spiritual health, our families, our careers. It's like, and when I say balance, you know, it's really, it, you, you, we talked about the word prioritizing, right? It's like, okay, where do I need to focus my energies, right? What needs my attention? Because we, you know, we can't be in two places at the same time. But you know, what needs my attention? And, and there are times that sometimes people ask me, well, do you ever go out of balance? I go, absolutely. You know, and I let my family know, okay, look, I'm going to be a little out of balance here. But I'm, I'll, I'll generally consciously like have a time limit on that. You know, whether it's working too much or maybe it's a uh, I have a lot to do. So what am I going to give up? Do I give up family time or do I give up sleep? Okay. I'm going to give up sleep. I know I can give up sleep for a while. You guys give up sleep all the time. It's inherent in your work. Um, not the healthiest thing as we are learning, right? It's not the healthiest thing, but you know, you know, reprioritizing, rebalancing, going out of balance and moderation is part of the program. You know, it's, yeah, we got a lot going on in our world. <laughs> Say but, that. You know, it's not about perfection. It's really just trying to keep your priorities top of mind, right? What, what's, what's important for me to work on now or spend my time on now or who needs my attention, right? If you have teenage kids, you know, sometimes they need attention. You know, they're, they're, they're in that challenging times it's tough being a teenager high schooler right now very very tough with any any student right now actually with the covid and the masking in the schools and you know for going on two years here it's it's challenging and and i think there's going to be a lot more um, need uh that i know that you know i try to really check in with my senior you know hannah uh, see how she's doing, you know, making sure that things are still okay, you know, in high school and that, you know, because I think sometimes the older kids are feeling a little gypped from their school, school experience, you know, but uh, that's why we, when we talk about balance, it's really just, you know, re-engaging those priorities, rediscovering and, and choosing where we're going to put our energies, right? No, exactly. Exactly. Um, speaking about balance and adding and subtracting things, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of ironic. Um, you know, I, I feel fortunate that you just happened to land in my life. 
you know, one of my peers set up a class with you. I attended it and it went really from there. And folks, Jimmy sat in the very back row, corner left. <laughs> yes, your corner left, my corner right. You're accurate. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, come on, you can move up. Uh, <laughs> I teach from the back of the room. I tried to warn you. Oh, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I really feel like this has been a very mutual relationship over the past few years. I'm blessed that you, you know, you live here and, you know, where you helped me with all this work-life balance and kind of getting stuff back in order and prioritizing things. Uh, and it went beyond that too. I mean, I know how to read, you know, food labels now because of you. <laughs> so you went above and beyond truly. And then, you know, you just showed me before we started, you know, the same microphone I have is the same microphone you have. And, yeah. and you took off and you've got, you know, a successful podcast as well, where you've got all these different great guests that have been on there as well. And, you know, um, it's, an, you know, just like doing this, it's an opportunity for me to learn as well and for you to learn. So oh, and yeah. to educate our audiences as well. So it's a win-win for, for everybody regarding that stuff. But, you know, where you've picked up all this different stuff, which is great, I've realized I'm doing too much. Like I haven't done my weekly podcast in months. You know, I've, I've yeah. had to, I've had to back it down and I get this one in every month and it's, it's my big one. And there may be times where I'll pick that, that weekly one back up because there's definitely people I want to talk to. Mm -hmm. Um, I've kind of just been making a list, but I've realized that in the big scheme of things, this is not a priority right now. You know, me being in front of this microphone, there's, there's other issues that, you know, need my attention more. And that's, okay. that's doing the really just being home and being around. And, and when I'm here actually being present, I mean, I still struggle on it, but I'm certainly better. And just, but being able to say no has been a big deal. And I think you helped tremendously with that. Well, thank you. Thank you. It, uh, and for our, you know, your listeners out there, <clears throat> um, that feel that they have trouble saying no. Um, it's very important because I always say, well, let me, I'm going to challenge you on that, that you have trouble saying no, because uh, every time you say yes to one thing in life, you're actually saying no to something else. And oftentimes, unconsciously, you're saying yes, to that extra thing going on, committee, volunteer, whatever it may be. You know, a lot of times those yeses are automatic. Yeah, and what I encourage people to do is that I, I always say that I'm never going to tell you what your priorities ought to be. All I'm going to ask you to do is, is that if you can pause from saying yes and just ask yourself, what am I saying no to in the other roles in my life? If you just pause, then you might catch yourself and you might say, you know what, what are my priorities? And then that may help you find your answer. You know, because a lot of times, you know, Jimmy, we find the answers. Sooner or later, we find the answers, but it's often too late. And then they look back with terrible regret. That reminds me of something that like, um, like Heath Good, firefighter out of uh, Hilliard. Great guy. He, I remember him telling me, teaching me that, and I know he's a buddy of yours, Surround yourself by different seasons of life. You know, 
because I remember asking him about my son's a firefighter and uh, getting into it. He's part time down in uh, Deerfield in near Cincinnati. And um, he goes, have him surround himself with a guy that's about ready to retire, a guy heavy in his career, a new person, you know, surround yourself with different people and learn from their experiences because you'll learn from those folks that, wow, I wish I would have done this differently. You know, I mean, boy, aren't we learning? I mean, this goes, that's a, a great segue into what, you know, some you're, you're consulting and, and what you've been doing and in, in your charge with uh, preventing cancer, right? And all of that is that, wow, look at how much more we know today than when you you started your career probably, right? Sure, sure. And, and I think even when you were saying earlier, you know, when uh, just a minute ago where you were talking about he is going to catch up to us, it's a matter of when do we catch it? And, I'm, and I instantly thought of, oh, that sounds oddly familiar because that's exactly what it is for cancer. That's exactly what it is for behavioral health. You know, if, if you're having an issue, if something's going on, if you can take care of it early on, it's going to be much better than waiting and waiting and waiting. And that's for all those issues. So it's all relevant. Um, yeah. And it's all, <laughs> I think the, sh the, the show I did with you, I, it was titled, I have the mug, it's at work. It says the big picture. And that's oh, yeah. the whole idea. Why do any of this stuff if you're not going to be around or you're going to be miserable and lonely? Yeah. Well, how have things been for you? Tell how old are the kids now? They are eight and five. Yes. And uh, so since you've taken the class, that goes back years ago. How's that big picture looking? And how, how have you made changes? Or, you know, you said it got you thinking and it may help you make some changes. Sure. sure. You know, I think it's that and... I think it's a combination of a lot of other things um, that have uh, just allowed me to evolve, not even allowed, forced me to evolve, either, either evolve or just be left in the past, you know, and that, you know, uh, being a, I think a, definitely a workaholic back then and doing just anything and everything and trying to do the regular firefighting shift stuff and then everything else on top of that, whether it's union, whether it's the business stuff. And, you know, I often back then for sure put that stuff ahead of my family and, you know, they were, they were there, but like I, it wasn't, they weren't always a priority. And, and I don't think I chose that on purpose. It's just, I think I was just, so wound up in taking care of everyone else that I did a poor job of taking care of myself and taking care of my family. And that has, I mean, it's certainly not perfect. I'm a work in progress still to this day, but it's definitely better. And um, they are a priority. And a lot of the decisions I make are now more uh, group decisions. You know, I involved my wife, which I didn't always do beforehand. Um, the yeah. communication is a big deal. Um, and it's, and here's, here's the, the other thing is how good am I going to be at helping others, which is what I like to do. And I think I do a good job, but how good am I going to be at that job if I'm a wreck? 
if I'm a mess or um, I'm not around. So at some point in time, you know, I, I realized and I was hard headed and fought it, I think, for the longest time, but I realized that I need to actually be selfish, which is hard. We as firefighters are horrible at being selfish. Our what we do is completely unselfish. But the the point is we have to take care of ourselves. Otherwise, we're not gonna be really do a good job of taking care of anybody else, whether that's our family or even the citizens we're here to to help and protect. Um so you add that. So, I mean, all that together with my own uh, cancer battle and behavioral health struggles and just the, pers- just the perspective of all this stuff um, just ultimately led to like, you need to, you need to do better for yourself because that is going to positively, positively affect everybody else. You know, it's yeah. the same thing for my firefighters that are out there. Like if, if they're miserable at home, they're going to take this stuff to work and it's going to make work miserable and it's going to go back and forth. And then when they go out and they're there to help somebody in their time of need, they're not going to give them the best service because they're not there. They, they, they don't care. So, you mm. know, it's, I know I'm kind of rattling and this is, you're interviewing me on my show. How dare you? <laughs> no, it's, I told you beforehand, I wanted it to be a com, uh, you know, more of a conversation. So it's good. Yes. But well, I, is- I, I do want to, uh, challenge you on a word that you used. Okay. I understand why you used it. Okay. And it probably didn't really resonate with others necessarily, but the selfish, um, I don't think it, it, it's not being selfish. That's the perception. And I think everyone identifies with that. All firefighters identify with that, that the feel, you feel selfish if you do something for yourself. But it's not. And we, we have the research behind it now that it, it absolutely is not selfish because, and you said everything else that supports my argument, if you will. It's like you guys have taken an oath to serve and protect your community, right? But aren't you a part of the community? Isn't your family a part of the community? So if you're serving yourself for your mental health, your physical health, your family health, isn't that part of your oath? So therefore we should not feel that it's selfish, right? It's, it's because, and you said the other part, the, the, the more solid your family is, the more solid your physical and mental health, your wellness in general, yeah. the better you're going to serve your community, the better your brothers and sisters are going to be working side by side with you, right? Everybody wins. It's a beautiful thing. But we are in a culture American culture of push, 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 do what you have to do. And then we go through life. Then we turn around, look back and say, wow, I regret this, 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 and this. Because <laughs> I was just pushing, 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 and pushing. 
But we're turning the tables though. We truly are. You've experienced it, right? Even though you felt like selfish and I understand that you, how you felt. But I'd like to see if we can turn that perspective as it's not selfish. You're serving yourself. But it's in such a great way, it's to benefit everyone. What's your thoughts on that? Or you think I'm full of crap? No. <laughs> no, you're not full of crap. It is. Um, uh, I think it's the mindset that, and I can't speak for everyone, but it's the mindset that I think I was taught. Mm-hmm. And it was just instilled in me, like that is what we do. Like our whole job is about sacrifice, being willing to do what we do for really strangers. Yeah, um, I mean that that's that's part of the job. That's the oath you take. So it is ingrained, I think, in us from the very start. So when given choices, because it's all, and you know this, this is all ultimately choices. What are you going to do? You know, oftentimes. I choose to, you know, deal with whoever, help with whoever, and I'll just go, I guess I'm not going to be able to work out today, or I'm I not, I'm going to have to skip, a, <laughs> surprisingly, skip a meal, or, you know, <laughs> eat really late, or whatever it may be, like, something is going to be put off, because I'm going to help them, and uh, even, oh my gosh, um, it's a lot, like, uh, being, it's, but, and I can, only speaking for me you know being involved with the peer support and being the coordinator like you know i can't go to a ud basketball game without you know somebody reached out to me you know i i mean i can but it's you never know when it's going to happen and when that happens when somebody is struggling and they need help like i kind of a lot of times i drop whatever i'm doing and and my wife knows that look and she's supportive of it but i think at the same time growing increasingly annoyed you know i guess it's dependent on what's going on you know if nothing if it's not a big deal for hanging out watching shark tank cool no big deal you know? yeah if uh but if we're at a birthday party or something like you know she gets it but it sucks yeah but she she also to her credit she realizes um, the impact and the help that I can do. And she's seen also like the long-term effects, like, you know, the people that go to the, maybe the center of excellence and they come back and they are sober and they're, they're with their family and everything is happy. And it's like, she understands the impact that I was able to do with those individuals and how, they're better off too so she sacrifices too willingly you know yeah i went off on another tangent no well actually it reminds me of uh the the union officers that take phone calls 24 7 they're all uh, they're on call donnie yes they're all they on are. call but, but i love everything that you 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 said and and you know i think it's you that takes the call, takes, you know, is the peer support. You, know, it, you are that resource, but are you the only resource available? Does it have to be that way? If you are, does it have to be that way? And what I mean by that is, is that can you, can you transfer that phone, if you will, 
to, hey, I'm going to the UD basketball game. Hey, I'm going to my son's I game. I, I, I do. I do. Okay. But, but I still have to take that call in and then I can basically dispatch somebody else. So I, I, I may not be taken away from the game entirely, but it may be a few minutes where I situate, you know, get, get everything set up and have and pass them off. So I can do that, but it's still going to take the initial, a couple calls. So it's not, it's not that bad. I can delegate it. And I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have where I'm at a pretty large team um, of peers and chaplains to clinicians. And I mean, I I'm, I'm blessed with that. Um, but ultimately a lot of times I still uh, get picked out because it is also, it's, it's literally my job now. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I have my phone on silent right now as I'm talking to you and I feel guilty because I do feel like I'm, I'm on call. I'm in just in case, because the last thing, and this is just personal, not everybody has to deal with this and, and I get that, but I am scared that I miss a call that could be significant. Right. That's no. high level stuff. That is. That's that is. that's me personally. Well, turn, the, turn the volume up on the phone. We you, we can pause the recording here. <laughs> this is, you know, you know what I mean. It it, it my phone's it, on when I sleep. My I mean I'm 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 just on call. I know, and I'm asking, can we start to look at things a little different? Let's look for long term success here, right? You need a break you mean in the person that's on call right with technology today we should be able to share the phone duties to where someone else is on call to where even though you could handle something at your son's game in five minutes or less and pass it over to another resource just having the freedom of the the free free mind not the worry you know you know that it's completely handled by someone else you're not even involved in it you get a three-hour break and then the, those duties are transferred back to you maybe but i think you know with technology we we need to be able to free ourselves up and it may not sound like much but you i think you actually know that it, it would be if you went to a game one you would not be feeling guilty you know the call is getting handled and if it's outrageous, if it's a very, very significant call, whoever's think, number two taking that call, they're going to call you. I think if I had, like right now, if I got that call or text and it was at one of my boys' game, I think I would just text back and I would just say, hey, I'm at my boys' game. Is it okay if I call you a minute? And if they say yes, then that's cool. That gives me, like, this isn't life or death. Like, I've got a little bit of time and I can't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I get in a car, good to go. But if they say no, that's when I go, hold on. And I walk out and that's, that's fine. Um, and I know that doesn't happen all the time, but no, just, you know, knowing that it, it could is a lot. Yes, it is. It is. And it, it's a, you know, you're, you're carrying that around with you all the time. I'm just trying to think of it or the ways to give, give you a break of whenever i know that like i'm going out of town going out of state i'm doing out of the country i'm doing anything 
I could pass it off and I could let everybody know like, Hey, I'm gone. You know, boomer or, or Barry's got, got the show. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Good. I can do that. It's good for you to have peace of mind. This is the ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. If you just joined us, this is the Dr. Donnie work-life balance podcast. <laughs> <laughs> working on jimmy's therapy right now yes <laughs> and that's fine i mean i again you're part of the fire engineering family oh, um and and i wanted to, i did want this to be a conversation i didn't want it just to be me asking you a bunch of questions i was open to so because i think a lot of people that will listen to this are going to have the same or very very similar struggles here and there um mm -hmm. And they're going to know, they're going to uh, hopefully, you know, get something from this. But I mean, what else, um, what else would you recommend? I mean, how, how else, if you're struggling with this stuff, if you're struggling with prioritizing, if, if, um, if you know, you know, that, that, that scale that, you know, even on your book cover there, that it's tilted one way or you're, I know, I always like the, uh, the cup analogy mm -hmm. if you want to go over that and go into some things i mean sure yeah the cup analogy is, is that you cannot pour from an empty cup you must fill your cup first which is completely feeling like you're selfish filling your cup first right sure but when we think about it if we exercise do you if I, I, I take a poll in my workshops like hey how many of you exercise regularly people raise their hands i said okay why they're like, I, I feel more energized. I feel, you know, clearer thought, clearer thinking, more emotionally stable. And it's like, yeah, all these great benefits, you know, doing different things. But going back, like if what people can do, I mean, there, there's it one, try to, you know, like you listen to this podcast or you go over to, there are some, I have some great guests on, you know, the get balanced podcast uh, with Dr. Donnie that uh, I've learned so much from firefighters that uh, uh, so just some fantastic things that these guests have uh, uh, shared. So there's some learning there. Take some time, you know, doing that, but um whether it's workshops or, um, you know, one of the things I'm, I've been in the development of is, is I'm coming out with an individual, just a workshop that someone can take on their own. Basically, it's going to be the, just like showing up in person, but through video, it's all video from my end that people will be able to take on their own and have the workbook and just go through it. And if you have questions, the only thing that it lacks is really the dialogue in the classroom because, you know, there's a lot of learning that goes on in these workshops when you, I get you guys to start opening up and you start talking. And then all of a sudden someone's like, oh, wow, I've got the same worry as that guy over there. You know, and, it, and there's a lot of, as you know, group dialogue and workshops, there's so much shared learning going on. So that's really, really good stuff. But I think some of it, if, if the the windows of time, that concept, I think, hits home well with people. And what we mean by that is, is that, you know, there's, you know, it's, I'll give, I'll give the example that I, I use right now. And it's real for me is that Hannah, my daughter. So this is what January, we're taping this on January 14th. Um, 
she graduates end of May and she'll go off to college in August. So literally I have less than eight, about eight months really with her. I have eight months left with her to where she's living in my house. What do I want to accomplish with her in those eight months? You know, what experiences do I want? How do I, you know, I have eight months left to just try to be the best father that I can be. You know, I think about how many more late night, you know, dinner conversations can we have at the kitchen table? You know, there are times we spend hours and hours there and just sit and talk and talk and talk. I'm not going to get up from that. You know, the, she's 17 going on 18 years old, or we go down to a coffee shop um, and, and hang out at one of the local coffee shops on a Saturday and just talk and talk and talk or meet her at the gym, you know, and exercise with her, you know, just little things like that to where it's like, man, I've only got so much of this left. And then she's going to be off at college. And then it's phone calls and FaceTime. See you at Thanksgiving, see you at Christmas and see you next summer, unless you take a job that you're traveling around the way, you, you know, I know my girls want to travel and stuff like that. So it's, it's like, I have that window of times. You know what I'm going to do though, Jimmy, is that come August, when I move her into college, when I look back, I'm going to look back with a smile. I'm going to look back with, yep, I did this. I did this. And I did this. The only reason is, is because I'm going to prioritize it, you know? I'm not working any magic. I'm just keeping it top of mind right in front of me. I want to make sure this is pretty, this is pretty darn important to me. I want to make sure I can maximize it. This summer, she can't wait to do some traveling. When I travel to do my workshops, um, she goes, Hey dad, can I come along? Heck yeah, I can come along, right? It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, it's just things like that. And that's what I encourage listeners out there is that what what's important to you right now? What should you, you know, what, what do you need to do now that you might not be able to do in the near future? And maybe that's a great place to start. I like how you're, you're just aware. And I think the vast majority of us, I, I, I keep thinking, talking for ourselves and I apologize, but we don't think that way. We right. think hindsight. I mean, we, because we really we we don't live in the now um or we live in the now on a job at least but not we don't really think about the future um and we also just don't think that things are going to happen to us and we have yeah. to do a better job of just enjoying that time now because knowing that it may not be there later on too uh, you know, I guess not, not no, no whole, no regrets. The, the, um, the hindsight, the, uh, you know, you had opportunities, screwed it up. You missed out on it. Just being aware of, of those things. Yes. And you're absolutely right. And, and I'll tell you the concerns that I run into and I address it in, in my teachings and everything is that it can be difficult to get to, okay, I'm going to focus on now. I want to improve this. You know, I want to make the most of this relationship or I want to, um, I want to make the most of my health because there's times though, when people, they think, wow, I've already sort of screwed up a little bit, whether, you know, it's on health or whether it's on 
uh, family, whether it's on a spousal relationship, whatever it may be. And they, they carry around regret and they, 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 um, I teach a skill in the workshop called self-forgiveness and, and it's one of those things to where I didn't learn it until, um, seven years ago, probably eight years ago, you know, to really learn like, Hey, we have to be able to, you know, we forgive others. But boy, when I take sur- you know, surveys and a poll in a workshop, how many of you do a good job of forgiving yourself? There's, it's rare if a hand goes up. And the thing is, though, we're not brought up that way. It's not part of our, you know, the sort of the culture of America is that, you know, the self-forgiveness thing is not, I didn't even know the word existed, actually. I never even, and my wife taught it to me, you know, is. But it's just one of those things where sometimes I think we need to, you know, learn how to forgive ourselves so that we are more inclined and willing to move forward in a positive direction. There's a lot to it, you know, but I think that's one thing that I think, you know, many can can benefit from is learning to forgive themselves. No, that's a good point. Um, let me ask you this, cause I know you've been out, you spent some time in Arizona California, kind of all over the place doing these seminars. When you're, when you're talking to these firefighters, you're talking to these police officers, have you noticed a difference? And I, and I'm just kind of curious about this regarding the age of those individuals, as far as, you know, and what generation they are. And if, because I, and I ask this because it seems like where I'm at, the millennials, the, the younger uh, boys and gals, they, they do value being home more than all the work and the money and all that kind of stuff. They, they value their home life and, and just kind of are, despite the technology, into simpler things where I feel like when I came on, it was work, 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 work as much as you can and, you know, bump up that pension, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I don't, I don't see that with these younger guys and gals. Is that, is that something you notice too? Like, is there, is there hope with this next generation, I guess, is how I could say this, ask this question. There's, there's definitely hope. And, and that's where uh, I've written about that and researched in, in some university textbooks, uh, some of the chapters that I've written is on that. It's on the generational differences as well as cultural differences um, from country to country. But um, there is a difference. And uh, part of it, though, it goes about there's differences, too, with different departments that I'm at. Each department's a little bit different. But in general, um, the younger people um, can identify with thinking they want to have a life of balance. Um, they still have challenges, though, is what I found. Um, uh, I was at, just actually down at uh, at Alts, you know, it, uh, a guy raised his hand to say, you know what? He goes, um, in the classroom, he goes, I grew up uh, in a family where my father was a preacher, but I have not gone to church or really had spirituality in my life um, for a long time. He goes, funny thing is, he goes, I really never even thought about it until yeah, I took him through a bunch of reflection exercises and all that that we go through. And then spirituality was a piece of it. And he goes, 
And now that I thought about it, he's like, why don't I, you know, that's always been a priority of mine, but I guess I just got busy with other things, work, family, and all this other stuff. So he was making it a priority. So I think there's still things they are, they are, I think, more inherently inclined to um, value um, a, a more balanced life as well as health. Uh, and a lot of it is, is because of the parents that, you know, they, they, they watch their parents, you know, their parents were not necessarily at their high school football game or their dance recitals and things like that. So they've watched what, how their parents lived and watched how they, their parents were just working, working, working for that retirement age. And I think they, as a generation, they want to do things differently. And, uh, so I do think they are doing a better job, um, and some may say uh, maybe they're doing too good of a job because they're not willing to work overtime. And they, you know, some departments have to impose man mandatory overtime. So again, everything needs to be in balance. So when we talk, sometimes people say, think work-life balance means we don't focus on work, but no, work's a major component. <laughs> you know, we can't, it doesn't mean you go part-time. <laughs> It's funny because it it should be life work balance. It should. I know it. I know. Whoever coined that term, uh, yep, they were a workaholic, right? That's all they had on their mind. <laughs> all right. Well, get you out of here with this last question here, and it's just simply like, I know you. You know, we've done shows before ourselves, you and I together. Um, you've done a lot of shows. Kind of take home message, like. Uh, you know, when you, if you're going to take all this stuff, sum it up and say, here it is, you know, I'll, I'll just tag you in and let you do your thing. <laughs> it's not really a question. I guess it's more of a demand, but yeah. An ask it's an ask, not a demand. That's rude. Well, it's, it's really, I think that I would encourage everyone to just pause, pause in life. Go for a walk, not outside here in Ohio, but if you live in a warm place, go for a walk, get out in nature. But if you're in a cold place like we are in Ohio, yeah, if you can just take a little bit of time, and I'm not talking an enormous amount of time, but just a little bit of time and check in with yourself. Where are you? How are things going? How's your family? All those relationships? How's your career? And how's your wellness when it comes to your, you know, how are you doing on your exercise? Is it regular? Is it appropriate for the fire service? Um, how are you with your mental health? Are you willing to uh, acknowledge that you need help if you need help? Would you view a mental health session uh, like a preventive one? Would you welcome that, you know, like a check-in on mental health? with someone, I think, you know, so if you go around and ask yourself some of these questions, you know, how are you eating? And then your, your, your spiritual health, your social, if you have friends, you enjoying things. I think if you, I would encourage people just check in with yourself and try to become self-aware of that. And then maybe something will bubble to the top as in, I think I need some help here, or I think maybe I should focus on this. And try not to uh, cancel, cancel that thought out. Try to be curious about it. And 
and be honest with yourself. If your relationships need some help, be honest with yourself and say, okay, they do. And then ask yourself, what could you do to make it a little bit better? You know, it, uh, it's amazing when I, and I'll ask uh, in a workshop, I'll say, Hey, how many of you date your, you know, how many of you are married and you know, 90% of hands or whatever go up, you know, a bunch of people, hands go up, you know, not necessarily first marriage, but hands go up. And, uh, and I'll say, okay, how many of you dated your spouse before you got married? <laughs> Obviously, everyone did, right? You don't get married in this country without dating your spouse. How many of you date your spouse now on some regular basis? Very few. But we know through a very large marriage study that People that have some type of regular date night, and I know you guys can't do it every Friday night because of your shift changes, days of work change. Not what we're talking about, just some regularity to it. Large study out that says couples that continue to date after they're married are happier, have better communication, or, and are more intimate with each other. And it's like, who doesn't want that as a married couple, right? So it's just little things like that. You know, when we, when we talk about balance, it doesn't have to be a major shift. It's like, hey, can I get a trend line shifting directions? Can I, get, can I get my health shifting in a different trend line? Can I get my family relationships to shift in a positive trend line? And I think that's what it's about. You know, little changes, little, little different things sure go a long way. Perfect. <laughs> great, great summary. I know I, I put you on the spot. I know it. This whole thing, that's what the show is. You need to know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Will you, a few things. Will you let everybody know where they can find your podcast, where they can find, find you on the web, all that kind of stuff? Sure. If you Google my name and Donnie is with an IE, Donnie Hutchinson, you'll find a lot of my stuff out there. But my website is DonnieHutchinson.com. You can also find the podcast there, or you can find it on just about every podcast platform, major ones. It's called the Get Balance Podcast with Dr. Donnie. And you'll find my numbers, my email, everything out there. And um, if, you have, if anyone out there has any questions, or if you just need some help, if you need someone to talk to about this, you want to schedule a call with me, um, no charges or anything like that, call me if you need help give me a call. Perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. So again, thank you so much. Uh, just for everything you've done here in the dating community, uh, fire service community, I mean, all that kind of stuff you have helped out a ton of people. You took something that was really in the corporate world and you, you brought it to us, uh, because, and you clearly know <laughs> we're suffering through it. So uh, I think you've given a lot of, a lot of people hope, and I thank you for that. And I'm glad, uh, that you're continuing to do this and I'm glad to call you a friend. Oh, thanks. Thank you very much, Jimmy. I'm glad to call you a friend as well. And I'm glad you're doing well, you know, your listeners know about you and uh, very happy that you're doing well and the family's doing well. You got your new role at the Dayton fire department, which I think you are enjoying very much. It's keeping me busy. Yeah, You know, I had people go, that's not 40 hours. You can't do that. You don't have enough stuff to do. And I need, I need help. I need more, <laughs> more people to help me out. Cause there's a ton of stuff to do. Cause we haven't really, 
you know, we just haven't done a lot. We, we, you know, my job is to try to take care of all the guys helping everybody else. So, Hey, you know, there is one thing I'd like to add. It just popped in. Cause you're talking about, you need help, you know, yeah. just from resources and things like that. And, and one thing that I would like is that as firefighters and long, you know, all, all people, but your firefighters are out there. If you host a training in a department, if try to get everyone to cycle through it, because I can tell you without any shadow of a doubt, the people that need it most are not going to voluntarily sign up, whether it's for a work-life balance workshop. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not tough. It's not sexy. You know, mental health, well-being, whatever it is, right? They're not going to voluntarily generally sign up the people that need it the most. And what my experience has been in the past couple of years, I mean, last year the most with as many workshops that, that I did in person is that departments that cycled people through made it, made it to where it was mandatory. I had people show up reluctant you know they did not want to be there and i it, it they weren't hard to spot right <laughs> i mean they did not want to be there but i'll tell you jimmy the number of times that those people that did not want to be there they came up generally a lot of times in tears gave me a huge hug thanked me for changing their lives and if it weren't for those chiefs that said we're going to cycle everyone through that would have never happened for those firefighters. I want to double down on that if you don't mind. Sure. We just we just had behavioral health training for uh, my department. The and it was a crappy time, but it was it was the end of the year between Christmas and New Year's. A lot of people were off, but that's when we were able to get it in. And it's the first time really we've had an outside trainer come in uh, and since my career, almost 21 years now. And we cycled all the crews in just like you're saying. And the ones that, that complained and were upset about going, I think what I realized more than anything, and I, and, I, and I think you were saying it without saying it, is that they're the ones that know something's going on and they don't, they want to avoid it. Mm -hmm. they, they know it's there and they don't want it brought up in their face. They're, they're trying to avoid it. And, but they're the ones that actually need the help because they were the same ones afterwards. As much as they complained and were upset, they're the ones that were, you know, came up and asked for help afterwards. And I saw that repeatedly because we did 12 trainings in three days. I mean, it was just a marathon and we still really truthfully only got about half the department in, but um, I just saw that over and over, over and over again. And, and the people that, that did show up that went through that, they would have never gone on their own. You're absolutely. Yeah. When, when the, the way it works for us, and I think it's, I can't keep comparing to everybody else. You could, you know, when I'm on shift for 24 hours, you got me for 24 hours, whatever you want to do, do it. I mean, it is what it is, but that 48 hours I'm off, that's my time. Leave me alone. You don't, you can't control me and, and I'm going to do my own thing. So doing yeah. it on shift, like what you're saying, I think is making it mandatory. That's the way, that's the way you have to do it. Yeah. And it's the most helpful. 
Yeah. yeah, we when you start looking at um, and I know we're going long here, but it's it's so important. Like you start looking at the suicides and you know firefighting and as well as your brothers over in law enforcement. You know, we keep saying, "What could we do? What could we do? You know, how could we be more proactive?" And it's like, get them in the trainings, get them in. It, but if we do training, if we have time for training, it's it's usually some. It, it's always something to do with the citizen. That's some kind of rescue training or EMS or whatever it may be. It always has to do with the citizens you are different because you are actually doing a training regarding them and their family and that is not the norm again and i it's that selfish word (laughs) like we do everything for everybody else we never train about ourselves you never talk about ourselves we just we don't do stuff for ourselves and you fit into that mold and it's super important and it's it should be necessary yeah well and and as we talked about at the onset of the program was president ed kelly he didn't pop by our training room i don't think by accident that was not an accident so if we take the lead from that leader family is important our health is important and we need to start focusing on it yeah i'll close with that (laughs) i think that's great that's a good way to close so he's dr donnie and i'm jim bernica and we are over time and that's okay we're gonna we're gonna have a good weekend and relax and i also last thing when you were talking about walking and we can't walk here in ohio it it brought me back to a vision of me working in retail working in a mall and seeing all the older people, which is now us, <laughs> doing laps in the mall before yes. it actually opened. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're, that's going to be all our alternative, going to the mall and walking with the other old people. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Dr. Donnie, I'm Jim, and we'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Thank you, guys.